Hello and welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi and today my guest on the podcast is Amanda Hess. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Geeta. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me. Amanda is a coach for neurodivergent, well, people, I was going to say, not just business owners, because you work with people in all sorts of different capacities. Can you uh, share more about the work that you do? Yeah. So I would say specifically in my practice, I work with neurodivergent women, but that doesn't mean that anything we're going to share here today isn't going to be applicable to neurodivergent men or to men in general. Don't click off. Keep listening. But yeah, what I do is, is I work with neurodivergent women. I personally identify as being neurodivergent and something that was very difficult for me in the first, I'd say, 40 years of my life until I really found coaching and figured out how I could work with myself and and really create some success based on how I am naturally. But that's really what I do is I work with women that are struggling, you know, from the standpoint of they feel like something about them doesn't fit in the world, either that's been diagnosed or it hasn't been diagnosed, but they've noticed it. And they're experiencing some emotional distress that is making it difficult for them to get the results that they really want in their life. So I help them get through that emotional distress um, and start having more emotional control so that they can start creating results that they really want in their life, be it in their business, in their career, in their personal life, whatever it is that is going on for them. And what sort of things do you typically work with? Um, I work with all types of different people that have all types of different diagnoses, diagnoses. I don't even know how you say that word. (laughs) Uh, But ultimately, women will come to me, people will come to me that have ADHD, that have ASD, like autism spectrum disorder. Um, They'll come to me because they've had learning disabilities. They'll come to me because they have a psychological diagnosis. Um, And some people will just come to me because they know that the way that their brain works is just not a good fit for the way that the world seems to work. And they feel like they're just running into a brick wall over and over and over again. And they've gotten to a point where they're tired of beating themselves up. They're tired of feeling not enough. They're tired of feeling like they just, there's something about them that's wrong. And it's just not the truth about them. And they're really looking for something different. That's amazing. So I work with a lot of artists and particularly I help them establish their businesses and grow their businesses. And this is something that I come across is that they often find different levels of overwhelm. There's a whole new kind of range of activities that they had to do as being an artist in business that is outside the studio. Um, What tips do you have for people that are struggling with and maybe even self-diagnosing that, you know, some of the things that you've talked about are the things that are holding them up? I think that the biggest thing that we want to really recognize is start having an awareness of what's going on for us emotionally and what's going on for your nervous system. Because what we tend to do, this is sort of analogy I use with my clients a lot of the times is, is we'll get the framework. We'll know what we're supposed to do in business. So we'll understand that I need to be more visible. I need to have more conversations. I need to be getting out there, letting people know about me. For your people, I would imagine, you know, getting their work out in the world, speaking to galleries, having their own shows, doing all of those things. And we recognize that we are feeling some fear potentially a lot of fear about doing all of those things. But how we tend to want to approach it is 
we see that it's on the other side of a glass door. This is the analogy that I like to use. And so we see there's a glass door and what we think we should do is run as fast as we can through the glass door. Like just go, just do it, just get it done. And then we're kind of shocked when we try to do it. And it's actually an awful experience (laughs) because it's so unsettling to our nervous system because really we haven't built up any safety or trust in ourselves to be able to just open that door, which is completely possible. But to be able to open the door, we just need to start like really working on regulating our nervous system. Number one, it's the number one thing I recommend. You know, if you're feeling a ton of anxiety, yes, you still need to keep going. But first, let's pull in some nervous system regulation techniques, some things that you can use that allow you to get your nervous system down one notch. Like I'm not talking about going from I'm 100% activated to I'm perfectly calm, but potentially going from a 10 to a nine. And that slight shift will allow you to start really putting yourself out there and growing your capacity for the negative emotions that kind of show up for us when we're in business. Does that answer your question? It does beautifully. Can you give us a tip to soothe the nervous system? Yeah, I have several. So there's three things that I usually like to touch on when I'm working with clients that are all very effective. The first thing that I like to look at is your senses because it's such an easy one to tap into and you can do it anywhere. It doesn't take a lot of time and you can do it so quickly. So just thinking about your five senses, your sense of sight, your sense of smell, your sense of touch, um, taste, which one am I missing? Sound. Then you can, you can decide which ones you sort of notice you derive the most pleasure from. So for your audience, I imagine a lot of them are visual, but you could also, it it could be auditory, right? It could be smell. Um, Really thinking about one sense where you notice that when you engage that sense, it makes you feel really good. It makes you feel pleasure. So we're not even thinking about, is this going to calm me down? Does this help me feel pleasure when I do this? And then you can just implement it. So for a lot of my clients, I recommend essential oils. If that's something that speaks to you, you can, you know, rub it in between your hands, take three deep breaths and just notice just taking that time that takes less than five seconds, you can pull your nervous system down from a 10 to a nine. Um, Other things that you can do, I love exercise. I love movement for settling your nervous system. Um, I personally think that it's most effective if you can get your heart rate up really high. But that being said, any type of movement is going to move emotion through your body and it is going to settle your nervous system. So even if it's like you stand up from your desk, if you love yoga, go through a sun salutation and then come back to what you're doing. If you are like more like me and you need that heart rate to come up to sort of shut up the brain because it's constantly talking to you, do 10 jumping jacks in a row. These things can be so, so, so simple and so quick. And then the last one that I like to bring in is nature. And Nature is so soothing and so grounding, and you can do it in so many different ways. I mean, I live in Canada, so it's pretty cold right now. So you might not want to go outside, which is fine, but you could do it with flowers. You could do it with an air plant, but developing the mindfulness of just noticing the plant itself is very effective. They're very small things, and what I really recommend is starting to layer them piece upon piece with very tiny, simple, pleasure-filled, um, pleasure-filled practices. I love this so much. 
I recently saw a post uh, where you said something about batch um, batching your time or time blocking or something like that. And I thought, well, this is something that I actually recommend to most people. So when they are, let's say, creating their social content, it is it can be helpful to block out a bit of time so that they can do this one activity. And you were talking to your audience saying this might not work for them. So can you share what is a better approach? Yeah, I, I totally can see the nuance in this in that Batching your time can be effective from the standpoint of then you have stuff done in advance and you don't have to think about it when you don't want to be doing it. Um, that being said, I think for those of us that are have spicy brains, we'll put it that way, <laughs> uh, sometimes our brain really gets in the way of that. And we have to really be conscious of who am I and what works for me and what doesn't. So it's not that I think time blocking is bad or wrong. Um, it's just that I think that you have to focus on the emotional aspect first. Because if you sit down to batch, which is what I notice for myself and many of my clients, immediately you're hit with overwhelm. You're hit with overwhelm. You're hit with your brain going, well, what do I do? And how do I do it? And I don't know. And you start feeling this, you know, discomfort in your body. And for me, my brain is always like, you probably need a snack and you need a cup of coffee and maybe you should drive to Starbucks. Like it really is so resistant in that moment to that overwhelm. So I find that if you're wanting to do something like that, if you're really thinking about, I want to batch my content, you're going to want to first look at what's my nervous system going to be doing in that moment. And am I really setting myself up for success here? When are you putting it in your day? You have to work with the brain and the body and the nervous system you have. So really thinking about how do I make this more fun? How do I make this more pleasurable? I think that for creative people in particular, we're pretty sensitive people. And that's why we're so creative. And so then we want to be kind to ourselves and we want to give ourselves the opportunity to enjoy the things that we are doing. And in order to do that, we can't sit down at our desk. For me, I can't sit up down at my desk on Monday morning at 8 a.m. and expect myself to pump out 20 social media posts right away. My, I, It's not that I can't do it. I probably could do it, but it would feel like hell. And if I had to do that every week, I would hate my life. So I'm not going to do that, right? Instead, I'm going to think, okay, maybe I do it on Monday at 11 and I make sure I go work out and I make sure that I've got, you know, my essential oils on in my office. I've done a thought download. So I know what my brain's sort of focusing on without me participating. And then I think, what am I really doing today? What is my focus this week? What am I creating this week? And then I use that to fuel the creativity that's required to do the batch work that I want to do. I love that so much because I was going to ask the question, but I think you've answered it there, which is like, okay, so if you put it in the diary for, uh, you know, 10 till 12 on on Wednesday or something, but like you've just explained, you know, you want to set it up so that you know how you are, you know, through your rhythms through the day and you've prepped beforehand. So you, when you sit down, you are as productive as you would like to be. Do you find with um, that sort of thing, smaller windows of time are suitable or? Not necessarily. You know, it really depends because I think hyper-focus is something that people, especially with ADHD, tend to experience um, where we'll have no focus and then we're all we want to do is work on this one thing and we don't want to be interrupted, right? Um, I think it's just, 
I think if we listened to ourselves more and we're just more aware of what was going on for us emotionally, we could make better choices. So maybe you give yourself an hour and you give yourself the opportunity, first of all, to ensure that you're set up for success when you go to sit down and do that work. And then you're just noticing, oh, am I enjoying this work? Oh, I love this. This is so much fun. I'm going to spend all my time on this. It's really not a problem. I mean, I would say for most of us, the work that we're doing, because we work for ourselves, it's not really a problem, right? If you're a day late with something, unless you've got a deadline for a client or something like that. But ultimately, the more you can just let yourself flow and not be so rigid, but also when you're thinking about letting yourself flow, remember that you want to be moving towards your goal, whatever the result is that you're trying to create. So, you know, if you're sitting down and you're running your business and you want to do social media posts or you want to be reaching out to galleries and you want to be having conversations, yes, set the goal of what is it that I'm trying to create this week? And then I look at it as we're just trying to put the puzzle pieces together to make them fit for what's going to work for me, but not self-identifying as I'm, I'm, you know, somehow deficient or I'm, you know, lazy or I can't, I can't make myself do hard things. We want to be careful of that type of messaging when we're talking to ourselves, because I really think it's just moving around, testing things out, trying things out. What works for me? What do I like? How do I like to do this? And just, but still the goal stays. This is what I want to do this week. And so I'm going to keep putting all the puzzle pieces together and moving them around until I get to a place where I'm like, yes, I like this. This works for me. Thank you so much for that. That's amazing. Amanda, how can people work with you? Do you work one-to-one? Do you have group programs? Do you have a membership? Right now, I'm just doing one-to-one coaching. So yeah, I work with my clients closely in a private coaching relationship. We work together for six months. It's amazing. All of my clients get beautiful results without having to do a bunch of homework or doing anything like that. You can just come to calls. And um, for now, that's what I'm doing. And, and it just feels it feels like the right fit for now. And people really get great results that way. So that's what I'm doing. Amazing. So I'm going to add Amanda's contact information where you can find her on social media, her website and all the good things in the show notes. Amanda, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been amazing talking to you and hearing all your wisdom. Thanks so much for having me, Gita. It was so nice to see you and so fun to be able to talk about this with your audience.